Hello, happiness seekers. Welcome to this month's happiness challenge, where I'll be exploring how to kickstart your feel-good chemicals. Exploring with me this topic is a British journalist and author, Tanev Kerry, who in her newest book, Feeling Blah, brings the latest in psychology and research of how we feel excitement and joy. Tanif is going to dive deeper into why we feel joyless at times and how to recapture life's highs. So let's try out some strategies together to help you bring color back into your life. Welcome, Tanif. Hi, how are you? I'm very good and I'm so excited because we are speaking about joy and excitement. So I think those are the right emotions really for this podcast. Absolutely, yeah. So in your book, you are speaking about a phenomenon, let's say, called anhedonia. So what is it and how do we know if we are experiencing it? I feel it's the missing word in mental health because we talk about joy and happiness at one end and we talk about depression and despair at the other. But to be honest, a lot of us are mainly in that gray space in between. And as you know, in psychology, they say you have to name it to tame it. If you don't know what it's called, it's hard to fix it. So anhedonia is something that I wanted to bring out into the light a little bit more to give more nuance to our mental health discussion. Because at the moment, people just don't really talk about, as I say, the kind of the blah feelings, not feeling kind of getting on with your life, functioning, getting up, going to work, going through the motions, but not that feeling like they're flourishing or they're reaching their potential or not just really having the joy kind of coursing through them, feeling a bit numb, a bit like they're sleepwalking, a bit zombie-like, all those kind of things. So that's what I wanted to talk about. So important, isn't it, that we kind of in the middle of that spectrum. And yes, there are moments when we might be a little bit in the grind of daily life. And it's not always that energized, motivating, happy, happy times and moments for us. So what factors can actually dial down our ability to feel that excitement and joy? Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good question. So anhedonia, it is a symptom of major depression and it comes under those kind of that list of the DSM-5. But I think what we're now realizing is that there's a great deal of research that shows it can be standalone. So you don't have to be depressed to have anhedonia. But basically what anhedonia means is that your brain's reward system, the mesolimbic reward pathway, is not working as well as it should. The dopamine and the feel-good chemicals are not kind of really working to optimum levels. And what the book does is it looks at the various things that can stand in the way of this reward pathway working really well. So they could be different for everybody. There could be a cocktail of different reasons for everybody. You know, there could be the fact that, you know, you're burnt out. Your cortisol is basically overrunning your feel-good chemicals because cortisol gets the upper hand. It could be your hormonal changes, both as a man and a woman. In women, that could be over the course of the month because estrogen has a very big knock-on effect on feel-good chemicals like dopamine. It could be something historical. It could be like that you had a chaotic childhood in which you became wary of joy because you thought, because in childhood when you felt happy, maybe the chaos around you meant that that happiness was taken away. So you become cynical and distrustful of joy. It could be diet uh, because basically it can have an inflammatory effect and that inflammation can affect the running of the brain's reward pathway. 
And it also could be related to illness because when the body's immune system responds to illness, like maybe long COVID or other immune issues, it can also mean that this can also cause inflammation in the rewards pathway. So there's all sorts of different reasons. Yeah, brilliant. And I think I could definitely personally relate to that. I had the long-term COVID and I can definitely, now looking back, to kind of really appreciate that I was maybe in that state of not being 100%, but not being really pinpoint what's, what's wrong. Because as you said, I was functioning, but I wasn't 100%. I wasn't kind of feeling myself. That's really interesting that you're saying that the illness can influence that. You know, the terrible thing about that also is because anhedonia really hits your motivation. So then you lose motor, like, so for example, it can be a side effect of diabetes. And so you can lose the motivation to do something in your lifestyle to change that. Anhedonia can also be a side effect of obesity because that's quite, that's an inflammatory illness. And as you say, long COVID, and it may explain, who knows, I think the research of time will tell is it may explain why a lot of people just didn't return to work with long COVID, just because they've lost their motivation, they've lost their drive, they've lost their joy in life, you know? So it's just really, I think it's really under anhedonia, it really is. And it it is one of the now recognized symptoms of long COVID, but how come we're not talking about it? Yeah, that's true, actually. When I came across your publication, I was like, oh, that's interesting. You know, I haven't discovered this before. I haven't really seen this before. So yeah, really, really, as you're saying, maybe, well, old concepts, but as a new emerging, how we applying it into the current life. But as you said, it's very much linked with our brain's dopamine reward system. So all of the specific factors that you mentioned impacting that to some extent. So can you just walk us quickly through how our brain dopamine's reward system actually works so that we are experiencing that joy and happiness? Yeah, so I worked with a lot of neuroscientists on this book. And one of the main neuroscientists I work with is a guy called Professor Kent Berridge, who's taken forward the Olds and Milner rewards experiments on rats, and he's brought it into the present day. And he has analyzed how joy circulates in the brain. And I mean, one of the things I say in the book is we have two things going on. We have this expectation that modern life should make us happy. But at the same time, modern life is making us unhappy because our dopamine circuits is also being overrun. I mean, we live in a convenient society where we can get filmed, music, any porn scene, anything we want, probably if we really wanted it, to our doorstep within a couple of hours, you know. And dopamine is not the chemical of reward, it's actually the chemical of seeking. So what's happening in our modern world is that our dopamine system is basically overrun. We're not seeking enough. And also basically in the course of this, the dopamine receptors in our brain then become downregulated so that the dopamine is not circulating as well. I mean, obviously, I talk about this in much more detail in the book. And also, we have to realize that joy is actually not just one thing. It's actually three things, according to Professor Berridge. And that is the anticipation of something that's good that's going to happen. So that's when the dopamine builds. It's the appreciation. That's when we're in the moment and the dopamine is regulating. And also, we get opioids, which are also a part of this reward. And then we get the remembering. So that if we have something that we enjoyed, we remember. So we do it again. Basically... I think the point I make in the book is that we're always talking about, oh, we want things to make us happy and everything should make us happy. But if you ask the average person, how is happiness brain made in the brain? Like very few people can tell you. So that's why I devote this entire chapter to neuroscience and explaining in a really clear way what happens. Like say you walk something to your door, you know, how the anticipation, 
your visualization, the memory of something you enjoyed, how this works to create a joyful experience. Because once we understand what joy is, then we can start to get our brains kind of back on sides. Because we basically, we still have the same brains as we had 100,000 years ago, but the environment has changed a great deal so that basically they've been hijacked and they're kind of, our dopamine reward system is kind of metaphorically, because obviously the brain is a very complicated thing, is metaphorically kind of short-circuiting. Oh my goodness, so interesting, isn't it? Like on one hand, everything really should make us happy, as you're saying, that's our expectation. On the other hand, oh my goodness, that is (laughs) too much, too much all at once. Basically, when everything is supposed to feel good, then nothing feels good. This is a society we've created where we like all our needs are that right way. But yeah, you know, the dopamine is not really helping our dopamine because there's just too much dopamine. Do you know what I mean? And then once dopamine goes up, then it has to come down again. So we're in a very dopamine dysregulated society. Yes. And I really love that categorization that you mentioned about the joy at different three levels. My husband always loves that I make the best out of holidays because I love that anticipation of planning when we're going on holiday. Then I love it when I'm there. But then afterwards, for another year, I'm creating like scrapbooking from that holiday. So he always laughs that this is like one holiday, the best investment, because I'm happy for like two years, you know, <laughs> before, during and after. So I really can relate that. That's great. So you're really maximizing that experience and like moving into those three phases of a joy because that's true because i think there's some research that says that hunting a holiday can be even better than actually being on one which is so interesting isn't it yes because i guess we're imagining those extra things of yeah i'll be doing this i'll be doing that and i can yeah i can really see how our imagination can take us on that nice joy wave Let's say, yes, I'm struggling with this. I really want to experience more joy and happiness. How could I kickstart my feel-good chemicals? How can I get more balance? Yeah, so the last third of the book is really a toolbox because it's going to be different for everybody, depending on what the causes of their anhedonia is. I mean, obviously, the first step is awareness. The fact that we know that there's a state of blah, that it is not just the status quo, that this is a thing. And therefore, when you know it's a thing, then you can feel more in control of it and start to address it. So that's the main thing. The thing about anhedonia, it's really insidious because you lose your motivation and then you stop doing the things you used to enjoy. So behavioral activation is the theory that you do five minutes of what the things you used to enjoy every day until actually the chemicals start flowing. And it's really difficult at first, but you have to believe in the science because it's like an old fashioned water pump. You keep pumping, you keep pumping, you keep pumping and the water's not flowing and then gradually it comes back. You know what I mean? Also, you can look at your diet. I strongly recommend that people think about their diet as not just about their body, but really to feed their minds. I mean, I've spoken to women's menopause experts. I mean, obviously this applies to men who just say that they can see a very tangible improvement in people's mood when they have a less inflammatory diet, because that means that the brain's reward system can work more smoothly. There's all sorts of things. I think obviously we know, and I think people tend to groan about, oh, exercise, oh, gratitude. But, you know, the thing is, when you look at the science, it is really impressive. And done consistently, exercise and gratitude have better effects than antidepressants in the long term. It's basically, it's about awareness, isn't it? And I mean, I think also allowing yourself to think into the moments. I mean, something I like to say is that, you know, We all have bad days, but within those bad days, we will have some moments of joy if we look out for them. Also phones, I mean, that sounds like a little bit like we've heard it all before, but 
point is, is that cortisol, the stress hormone, stays in our body once spiked for an hour. So basically, we are always getting inputs and notifications and emails, you know, messages from our boss, messages from our work colleagues and stuff like that. It just means that, you know, our cortisol levels never get a chance to reset. And cortisol really does dampen down the effects of serotonin and dopamine. So we're just not giving ourselves a chance. I mean, I just really do think we have to treat phone-free time as a treat and a reward. I also believe that we give ourselves too much to do. So we've all got loads of this. I think it's time, as I say in the book, that we do some notes, that we look at what all our tasks we give ourselves. Do we really need to be doing them all? Is this a legacy of something else? We have a partner. Can we delegate? Can we reorganize? I think women often do are the emotional sponges and, and they take on the emotional load. And I think we're moving to a phase of history where, you know, we can share these duties more. So there's loads in there. Yeah, fantastic. So lots of great practical aspects from, yes, break up with your phone. I think always a good idea, having a little bit of digital detox to think about your diet, think about your exercise, gratitude, those happiness boosting habits, which I agree. I think we hear about them say, oh, yes, yes, I know I should be doing this, but it's very much, yes, stick to it. And I love the fact that you're saying about that reactivation of joy almost of repeat it for five minutes every day till that joy gets flowing, even though if we maybe lost it in the process or lost it because something has changed in our life. So as part of this podcast, really, I'd like to try myself certain practical strategies and then I share with my listeners how did it go and what have I discovered. So if you could prescribe me something quick that I could try for three weeks, what would that be? Let me think. Now I've met you, Claudia, I'm going to have to think about what's tailored for you. That's so tricky, isn't it, really? Okay, I want you to sing in the shower every morning. Sing in the shower. Oh my God, my husband will be terrified. I'm such a bit bad singer. So why, why should I do that? Right, and actually, I want you to turn the temperature down really low as well. <laughs> oh, <laughs> do you want me to have a cold shower? No yeah. way. Okay, so why, why I should be singing or rather screaming in that case whilst having a cold shower? Right, so this is going to work on many levels. So first of all, if you are in that cold shower for long enough, it's going to reactivate. It's going to give you a burst of dopamine. So that's well known. If you sing and you sing a song that you like, it's well known that when we sing songs we like and we get to the bit that we particularly look forward to, like the chorus, our dopamine starts to rise. (laughs) And we know that music has an amazing effect on the dopamine system. It's a very ancient way of getting that circulating. And I think that would be a great way of stating your attention for the day. Okay, brilliant. I will try that and I will share on the next episode how did that go? That cold showers, that will be challenging for me, definitely, but I'll give it a go. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Final question. What makes you happy? What makes me happy? Many, many things, because obviously this is also my journey out of Anadonia. You know, my dog makes me really happy. Seeing my dog, I mean, nature and my dog. It's nice to stack them, isn't it? So you take your dog to Hampstead Heath. And then she's running around and she's in the moment. She's smiling. I'm like seeing the incredible nature. I'm reading in the great things from the trees. I'm appreciating the awe of the things I'm seeing. I'm seeing my life in perspective. So yeah, my dog, my dog, my happiness coach. Brilliant. I love it. I love it. A happiness coach. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. 
Brilliant. Thank you so much for spending this afternoon with me. I've learned really lots of interesting things around joy and that excitement and getting out of that blah feeling that we all experience at different times. So thank you so much again. No problem. 